0: Ladies and gentlemen, good day and welcome to the Infosys earnings conference call. As a reminder, all participants' lines will be in the listen-only mode, and there will be an opportunity for you to ask questions after the presentation concludes. Should you need assistance during the conference call, please signal an operator by pressing star then zero on your touch-tone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I now hand the conference
1: over to Mr. Sandeep Mahindra. Thank you and over to you, sir. Thanks, Margaret. Hello,
2: everyone, and welcome to Infosys Onis Call to discuss one SI 22 earnings release. I'm Sandeep from the Investor Relations team in Bangalore. Joining us today on this call is MP Mr. Salim Parikh, CO Mr. Praveen Rai, CFO Mr. Nilangan Rai, along with other members of the Senior Management team. We'll start the call with some cover on the performance of the company by Salil, Paveen, and Malanjan before opening up the call for questions. Please note that anything that we say except to our outlook for the future is a forward-looking statement, which must be read in conjunction with the risks that the company faces. A complete statement and explanation of these risks is available in our filing with the SEC. It can be found on
3: www.sec.gov. With that, I would now like to pass it on to Salil. Uh, Thanks, Sandeep. Good evening and good morning to everyone on the call. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. I trust each of you and your families are safe and well. I'm delighted to share with you that we've had a landmark first quarter with robust year-on-year growth of 16.9% and sequential growth of 4.8% in constant currency terms. This has been the fastest growth we have seen in 10 years. We continue to gain significant market share, with this growth being essentially organic, and especially in the area of digital transformation. This is a clear reflection of infosys resilience and client relevance that has grown stronger with the unwavering commitments of our employees and a differentiated digital portfolio. I would like to thank all of our employees for their enormous dedication and contribution, especially during another testing period with the second COVID wave in India. Some of the highlights of our results are, revenues were 3.8778 billion, which is growth of 16.9% year-on-year and 4.8% sequentially in constant currency. Our digital business grew by 42% year-on-year and now constitutes 53.9% of our overall revenues. We had broad-based growth across all of our sectors, service lines, and geographies. Financial services grew by 22%, retail, 22%, life sciences, 21%, manufacturing, 18%. Uh, The North American Geography by 21%. Our large deals were at $2.6 billion. Large deals are deals over $50 million in value. Operating margins were strong at 23.7%. We had a tremendous focus on our employees, especially related to the well-being and to the new talent expansion approach that we have with employees. Free cash flow was strong at $863 million, 18.5% higher than the same quarter in the previous year. Attrition increased to 13.9%. We had a net headcount increase of 8,000, attracting leading talent from the market. We remain comfortable with our ability to support our clients in their digital transformation journey. Our sustained approach in building differentiated digital capabilities is helping us enable our clients to move with speed, becoming agile, and create value as they connect with customers, employees, and partners with new digital constructs. For example, with the cloud becoming a strategic priority for businesses, more clients across industries are engaging with us to take advantage of Infosys Cobalt solutions and services specialized on the cloud. With a strong start to the financial year, good large deals in Q1, strong pipeline, we are increasing our annual revenue growth guidance, which was at 12% to 14% we increase it to 14% to 16% growth in constant currency. Our operating margin guidance remains unchanged at 22% to 24%. Last week, Infosys completed 40 years. I am delighted to share with you the vision of our founders and all the leaders that have helped shape the company are contributing to us being well-positioned for growth, and being a strong and consistent partner for our clients in their digital transformation journey. I'd like to thank the founders, employees, clients, shareholders, and all our stakeholders for their ongoing guidance, support, and contribution. With that, let me turn it over to Praveen. Thank you, Salim. Hello, everyone. Hope you and your family are well, safe, and healthy. After a period of extremely concerning medical situation, caused by the second wave of pandemic, India is gradually returning to normalcy. We have been extremely focused on employee well-being, extending every possible help to overcome any medical situation of our employees. We have ramped up vaccination drive for employees and their families, and so far, we have vaccinated 58% of our employees in India with at least one shot. We saw sustained growth acceleration in quarter one with year-on-year constant currency growth of 16.9%. Growth was broad-based with seven industry segments reporting strong double-digit growth, including the two largest financial services and retail, growing more than 20% year on year. Operating parameters continued to improve during the quarter. Utilization improved further to new all-time high of 88.5%. On-site effort mix reduced further to a new low of 24.1%. However, subcom cost costs increased by 120 bits due to stronger-than-expected growth, high and demand for new skills. We won 22 large deals in quarter one, totaling $2.6 billion, nine in financial services, four each in retail and energy, utilities, resources, and services, two in manufacturing, and one each in communications, high-tech, and life sciences segments. Region-wise, 14 were from America, five were from Europe, two from the rest of the world, and one from India. The share of new deals in quarter one was 30%. Client metrics improved meaningfully with 100 million client counts increasing to 34, an increase of nine year-on-year. We added 113 new clients in the last quarter. With growth coming back, demand for top talent has also increased. Voluntary last 12-month attrition increased from 10.9% last quarter to 13.9% in quarter one. However, we not only backfilled attrition completely, but also added another 8,300 employees on a net basis, which is a testimony to the strength of recruitment engine at Infosys and our status as a short after employer. We are taking all necessary measures to enhance employee value proposition and improve both talent acquisition and retention. However, we expect attrition to be high in the near term due to strong demand. In quarter one, we onboarded over 10,000 college graduates. And for the full year, we have increased the college graduate hiring target to 35,000 globally to ensure unconstrained plan deliveries. As communicated earlier, the salary revision for fiscal 22 will kick off from July for majority of our employees. Moving to business segments. Industry-leading performance in financial services continued with steady increase in growth momentum, aided by signings during the quarter. Growth is led by US, especially in sub-segments like banking, mortgages, wealth and retirement services. With the gradual opening of the economy, we are also seeing significant improvement in the payment sector. There is visible acceleration in cloud adoption, and we are working with many of our clients on cloud migration, cloud management, and other cloud-related platform deals. With the combination of our domain plus tech plus ops plus digital capabilities, we are well positioned as a full-track digital transformation player. Performance of the retail segment improved meaningfully with both new deal signings during the quarter, as well as ramp-up of previous deal wins. We are seeing aggressive investments by clients to uplift their digital capabilities. There is a huge opportunity for us to help them build omnichannel capabilities to co- compete with the digital natives and right size their cost structure. Plans continue to invest in analytics across supply chain, trade promotion fulfillment, personalization, using new age tools that drive heavy analytics with a fraction of cost. Communication segment performance improved compared to the previous quarter due to combination of fresh signings and ramp-up of prior one deals. With COVID accelerating the need for better connectivity, we are seeing improving deployment of 5G across the world. We are working with our customers in advanced IoT use cases and products. Energy utility resources and services vertical grew strong double digits, along with impressive deal wins during the quarter. The overall outlook is improving across sub sectors and geographies we operate. Plans are slowly getting back to normalized levels of discretionary spending, especially in areas involving customer experience, operational efficiency, and associated legacy transformation. Cybersecurity is also becoming important with recent incidents in energy and utility segments. Growth in manufacturing segment was strong with tailwinds from dealwinds in the past few quarters. Infosys grew market share through the pandemic across all sectors in automatic, aerospace, and industrial. We see emerging opportunities on various fronts in the ER and d space, resulting from increased spending on digital in areas like industrial IoT, cloud adoption, ITOT integration, making the manufacturing value chain smarter and faster. As mentioned earlier, we expect bandwidth to start ramping up in the weeks ahead. Life sensor segment also continues to grow at strong double-digit rate. Our recent offerings like personalized medicine solution for complex biotherapies, commercial insights platform to help drive commercial efficiencies, and digital health platform for patient engagement initiatives would help in accelerating digital adoption across pharma value chain. Tests of digital to overall revenues increased further to 53.9% in quarter one, with a very strong growth of 42.1% year-on-year in constant currency terms. There's a pent-up demand to restart delayed projects, in addition to the continuation of the pandemic-related drive towards digital transformation of enterprise infrastructure and customer experience. Clients have recognized that some of the adoptions they have made to their business are going to be permanent, and they are increasing their investment in digital panels and self-service products and tools. In the last quarter, InfoS was ranked as leader in ten digital service related capabilities across cloud services, modernization, artificial intelligence and supply chain by industry analysts. With that, I will hand over to nilanjan Thanks, Saveen. Hello everyone, and thank you for joining the call. I trust each of you and your families are safe and well. Uh, we are encouraged with our quarter one performance, which has significant and broad-based acceleration in growth as we began the year. At 4.8% PC growth, we clocked the highest sequential quarter one revenue growth in the last 11 years. On a year-on-year basis, revenue growth accelerated to 16.9% in constant currency terms, which is the highest growth in any quarter over the last 10 years. This growth is on the back of a relatively strong Q121 performance which was a peak of pandemic-induced revenue impact. Operating margin for Q1 was 23.7% and increased by 100 basis points over quarter 121, 80 basis points lower compared to quarter 421. The major components of the sequential movement were a 10 basis point benefit due to currency movement, a 40 basis point benefit due to increase in utilization, and these benefits were offset by a 50 basis points impact due to increase in subcon and third party costs, and another balance eighty basis points impact due to all other costs, primarily related to employee hiring, promotions, retention, and well being costs. ETF grew by six point one percent in dollar terms and twenty two point six percent in INR on a year on year basis. VSO for the quarter improved by one day to seventy on the back of robust collections. Consequently free cash flow continued to increase and was eight hundred and sixty three million in quarter one an increase of 18.5% year-on-year. EPS conversions to that 122% of net profit. Driven by healthy cash generation, consolidated cash investment was $5.07 billion after returning approximately $1 billion of final dividend and initiation of buyback. Consequently, ROE increased to 29.3% in quarter one compared to 27.4% in quarter four. I'm happy to share that ROE has increased by over 3.4% in last two years, driven by a robust capital allocation policy. Yield on cash balance continued to decline. The yield was 4.9% in quarter one compared to 5.1% in quarter four and 6.1% in quarter one last fiscal. Now let me talk about the progress made on the buyback plan. We initiated share buyback on June 25th after securing shareholder approval during the AGM on June 29th. Out of the maximum buyback size of 9,200 crores till June 30th, we had completed 690 crores, or approximately 7.5% of the buyback by end of quarter one. During this period, we bought back 4.4 million shares at an average price of rupees 15.72. Till date, we have completed rupees 15.42 crores of share buyback and bought back 9.8 million shares at an average price of rupees 15.69. As the pandemic situation is improving in many parts of the world and businesses slowly return to normalcy, we expect some of the discretionary costs, including travel facilities, et cetera, to start normalizing in the coming quarters. In quarter two, we will also roll out compensation hikes for majority of employees. With the talent market remaining heated, we are anticipating continuing costs relating to employee retention, acquisition, and well-being in the short term. However, given our focus on structural levers to improve efficiency, and cost structure, we remain confident of our margin guidance band of 20, 24% for the full year. Driven by strong quarter one invisibility, driven by deal signings, backed by a robust deal pipeline, we are increasing our revenue growth guidance for the year to 14 to 16% from 12 to 14% previously. With that, we can open the call for questions.
0: Thank you very much. We will now begin the question and answer session. Anyone who wishes to ask a question may press star and one on the touchstone telephone. If you wish to remove yourself from the question queue, you may press star and two. Participants are requested to use handsets while asking a question. Anyone who would like to ask a question, you may press star and one at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, we will wait for a moment while the question queue assembles. The first question is from the line of Moshe Kassi from Red Bush Securities. Please go ahead.
4: Hey, thanks, and uh, congrats on uh, very strong results. Um, So most of the questions we're getting this morning were around margins and the levers in the model, and and, and I guess there's a lot of focus on wage inflation that's picking up and attrition that's picking up. Uh, Maybe you can talk a bit about the levers in the model and how do we get that comfort that the 22 to 24 percent EBIT margin uh, range is sustainable beyond this year and then should we assume that I guess the second half uh, should have maybe some less pressure on margins given some of the normalization on the bench is that the right way to look at it thanks a lot.
5: Mm
3: Yeah, so, so uh, Moshe, so I think uh, as we had, you know, given the guidance at the beginning of this year of 22 to 24 and coming on the back of 24.5% last year, I think we were very clear that there would be uh, some headwinds which, you know, we had got the one-off benefits during FY21 and, we'd you know, articulated that clearly in terms of travel, uh, facilities, some other discretionary costs, uh, the deferred costs like you know wage hikes uh, promotions, et cetera, which were put on hold uh, and we had clearly said that that would be an impact and a headwind as we look into fy twenty two and that was really factored into the twenty two to twenty four percent margin as well. Uh, what has uh, changed slightly has been of course the demand which has picked up uh, and like I always say, it's better that demand chases supply and supply rather than supply chasing demand. Uh, because uh, in the long run, it's much better to fulfill uh, demand as it comes. Uh, We can continue to work on our cost migration levers, and that's why, of course, our guidance also goes up. Uh, We have seen these uh, small headwinds during the year, and uh, in in terms of retention costs uh, going up, some impact on subcons, but, uh, for instance, we just announced we will take now $35,000 graduates, right? That will help us to fuel the pyramid, uh, help us in cost optimization, and, of course, we continue uh, to look at the other avenues of uh, automation uh, onsite offshore mix etc so I think our 22 to 24 is uh, we're quite con- confident on that uh, wise there may be these short-term uh, you know impact but I think uh, some of them like subcons etc once hiring comes back on our own we should see some benefits there so I think in our overall model we remain quite confident within the 22 to 24 uh, but like I said I mean the most important thing is that you know demand is chasing supply, Uh, This is a situation you really want to be in rather than the other way
4: around. And just as a follow-up, given the fact that digital is almost 54% of revenues, uh, should we assume any sort of uh, pricing power coming out from that part of the business, especially based on some of the commentary you're seeing from some of the pure play uh, digital names out there? Thanks a lot.
3: Uh, yeah, so I think uh, as you know, you know, I, there's been two, you know, structural impacts. having think the uh, pandemic, you know, one is of course the entire workforce transformation and the ability, basically, to work any uh, part of the world, whether offshore, on premise, uh, and the other one is of course this whole digital transformation impact, uh, which is very, very fundamental to how you know the clients of our consumers are interacting with brands, I and mean, this is just not about you know mainline. They can mortar retail. this extends to manufacturing. It extends to financial services, insurance, and I think a lot of our clients fundamentally realize that uh, to support and fuel this spend towards new digital transformation, a lot of that can come from cost optimization, which in a way speaks to the whole offshoring trend. Uh, and COVID has demonstrated that you know we can uh, you know fulfill this requirement from any part of the world. And that savings can be tuned back into this digital transformation. So that's very, you know, at a, at a demand level, very, very good news. Uh, and also, I think now a lot of our conversation is also, you know, more, uh, you know, uh, navigating towards, you know, value and the kind of value we are, you know, deriving for our clients, right, whether it's on the consumer side, it's on the retention side, it's in supply chain logistics, and how we position ourselves, not just about, you know, a rate chart as a price per hour, but more about more innovative uh, ways of pricing, uh, where it's a clear linked to outcome, uh, linked to uh, results of our clients, uh, and that's the way we think in the future this can help us. And so I think this is just about started the work we are doing, and we think uh, over the next uh, few quarters and more structurally, we may be able to get
4: some details around this. Thanks for the color.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Divya Nagarajan from UBS. Please go ahead.
5: Uh, thanks for taking my question, and congrats on a very strong quarter and the guidance race. Um, just a follow up to the earlier question on pricing, uh, I noticed that uh, you are talking about structural movements in pricing, but uh, on the, at the press conference, uh, I think Salil had pointed out that pricing was more or less stable. Um, I'm trying to understand why we wouldn't be seeing a better pricing environment given how strong demand is and the fact that there is a fair amount of supply pressure across you know, pretty much every part of the digital value chain. Um, that's my first question. Uh, thanks,
3: Divya. This is Salil. I think uh, the, the point you make uh, earlier in the press, uh, press conference, the, the question was on how we've seen the pricing uh, in Q1 from uh, what we see in terms of uh, last use and past interactions. Uh, Your point here in terms of uh, what is the opportunity to see some uh, pricing power and also uh, building on the previous question. I think as as Milanyan was sharing with you, we believe we have uh, an extremely uh, differentiated digital portfolio uh, and we believe that that creates a lot of value for our clients. Uh, We uh, are very active in making sure that we demonstrate and communicate that value. Uh, we will now see uh, over time, uh, also because of the supply concern, but also because of the digital value, uh, how that translates. Uh, but, but we don't want to create, that's one of the strategic levers that I mean, London has talked about, we've all talked about in the past. Uh, we uh, feel that, among others, gives us good comfort for our guidance band 2224, on operating margin. Uh, We will see how that plays out, uh, and especially with the supply constraint, uh, if uh, that gives us more uh, leverage uh, in the future, uh, of course that will become reflected in in what we see in the business.
5: Got it. And um, I noticed that the the net new deals were a little bit on the lower side compared to what you've done in the last few quarters. Uh, while I do appreciate this is a quarter and you could have fluctuations, how do you see the deal pipeline on your net new TCV uh, for the for the rest of the year, please?
3: So there, uh, you are absolutely right. I think uh, these are uh, quarterly um, fluctuations. We look really to to those sort of stats uh, uh, on on a longer time frame. We saw last year uh, the the net new was significant uh, as we looked at the overall. Annual number. The pipeline looks good and strong. Uh, there's good uh, focus on new deals. Uh, there's also, of course, good focus on uh, ensuring we continue where we are and expand into that portfolio. Uh, so no no uh, visible markers to change that. Uh, we we will fully uh, look to uh, replicate what we've done in the past few years. Where net new has been a critical factor and it remains. Uh, something we look at uh, proactively uh, into the pipeline. Uh,
5: sorry, but just a l- quick follow-up to that. Has the number of mega deals in the pipeline gone up since uh, in the last few quarters for you?
3: So there, yeah, we don't uh, provide some more color on the specifics of the pipelines. If I say to say that the overall value of the pipeline uh, is extremely good, a nice increase from the previous quarter, and we see that continuing to increase. And the pipeline comprised of a mix of the different types of large deals. Uh, the, the Let's call it medium, the, the large, and the very large.
5: Thank you, and uh, I'll come back for follow-up if there is time. I wish you all the best for the rest of the year.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Sudhir Buntapali from ICICS Security.
6: Please go ahead. Yeah, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, congrats on a great quarter. Uh, my first question is to Salil. Uh, Salil, until uh, GFC or so, Infosys was holding the pole position in the IT industry in terms of growth. Uh, but the next decade has not really panned out the way one would have hoped for. Uh, again, over the last couple of years, even before the start of COVID, and of course, after the start of the pandemic as well, Infosys has been outperforming competition on growth, and that too by a wide margin. And you have been talking about, very confidently talking about, market share gains from competition. Uh, So how confident are you on sustainably driving the company to the pole position once again over the next decade?
3: Uh, So thanks for your question. I think that the way we are looking at this is, uh, this growth, 16.9%, 4.8%, is... uh, uh, really the fastest uh, in the past 10, 11 years. Uh, it's essentially organic growth, so uh, we feel extremely good uh, because that's a good um, um, metric, as of course you know well, uh, that clients are preferring Infosys. Uh, and that's the ultimate test uh, in, this, in this market. Uh, so we feel comfortable that, uh, you know, the capabilities that we have built in that digital portfolio, uh, and this extreme dedication of our employees in a very difficult period over the last several quarters uh, is combining to uh, give us that uh, that uh, outcome. Uh, so the focus remains on client relevance, and therefore the outcome metric is growth. Uh, uh, we, we we will see you know how, how the poll position thing plays out over time. Absolutely.
6: And my second question, uh, actually, over the previous decade. Whenever things started looking up, uh, we faced some or the other hiccups. Uh, How confident are we that this time around it will not be the case and the entire focus will be in terms of achieving the industry leadership?
1: I didn't follow that uh, question, sorry. (laughs) Could you just repeat the question? You can follow it?
6: Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, I was saying over the previous decade, uh, whenever things started looking up, uh, we faced some or the other hiccups. Uh, But this time around, how confident are we that, uh, you know, it will not be the case and there will not be any such risk. And probably the entire focus will be on achieving industry leadership.
3: So there, uh, if I follow it, it's still a little bit unclear uh, with the the sound, I mean. Uh, um, Our focus is, you know, to keep our attention to clients. Uh, We have an extremely motivated leadership team. Uh, the board is uh, uh, extremely supportive, uh, very strategically minded uh, and really give good guidance and support to the, the management team and the broad leadership. Uh, so my, my own sense is uh, we keep this attention to our clients and building on the digital capability uh, and the rest will follow from that.
1: Okay. Thanks, Aril. All the best.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Pankaj Papush from TLSA. Please go ahead.
3: Yeah, Dee. Uh, uh, Salil, my first question is also on this net new I think in the press meet, you had mentioned that the focus of clients is now shifting away from cost optimization. So, mm-hmm. does it mean that uh, clients are now taking longer? on the or to decide on the deals as well as in terms of the
7: deal construct is that what is leading to maybe a softer net new deal P/C for us
3: The um, quarter on quarter view uh, of that percentage is always uh, a little bit uh, up and down. Uh, What we see in the pipeline is a significant amount of activity where clients are looking at uh, moving on the digital transformation programs, as also uh, working on areas which relate to cost efficiency uh, as also, we are seeing uh, opportunities which we've discussed in the past uh, of vendor consolidation. Uh, we don't see that the timeline has changed in terms of deal movement, uh, nor, nor do we see uh, some different sort of uh, criteria in terms of uh, the types of deals or the pricing. Uh, what is what is clear is the broad uh, economic uh, growth in, in our end markets which is coming back rapidly uh, is allowing for many industries to go through the transformation. Companies within industries are accelerating, companies which had lower digital presence uh, are going faster to uh, uh, catch up and leap from. Companies which already had digital presence uh, are making sure that they maintain their uh, advantage. So all of those things uh, bode well for for uh, you know the technology spend uh, where we are positioned quite nicely in in that, in that technology
1: standard. Thank you, the question answered.
0: We just lost this line, sir. We'll move to the next question. The next question is from the line of Ashwin Mehta from Ambit Capital. Please go ahead.
8: Uh, Hi, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, One question in terms of the guidance. Uh, So if I uh, presume Daimler has not contributed to revenues till now, uh, and even if I build in uh, the numbers that are appearing in the press for that deal, uh, the implied CQGR over the next three quarters appears to be pretty soft at between 0.6 to 1.8%. So uh, are we building in some conservatism? conservativeness in terms of our guidance or anything that we that makes us a little cautious here Uh,
3: so uh, on the guidance as you have seen on revenue growth guidance we've increased it by two points 12 to 14 to 14 to 16 Uh, it's uh, I think uh, demonstrating our confidence in what is going on uh, with respect to the demand outlook and with respect to the deals uh, that we have done, uh, of course, this quarter and also in the past, on the specific clients and their revenue mix, I won't comment, uh, but I w- I will say that uh, we, we don't see really any softness uh, in, in what we see in the coming quarters.
8: Okay. Okay. Thanks a lot. And just one more. Uh, given the fact that you've largely added uh, freshers this quarter, do you think uh, Uh, and then you are expecting the supply-side pressures or attrition to increase further, Uh, do you think the subcontracting expenses uh, will further get elevated from where they are?
3: So on the subcontractors, uh, we we today have an extremely attractive talent proposition where, um, as you saw with the (coughs) 8,000, sorry, with the 8,000 people we added, Uh, net additions we are managing uh, extremely well to attract good talent Uh, what we will ensure to do uh, over this next quarter and of course in the quarters to come uh, is to make sure that we are at the forefront of fulfilling the demand Uh, in terms of subcontractor we don't specifically model or forecast that uh, whether it's up or down but we have the flexibility uh, to do all of that, plus our cost levers and margin levers, to ensure that our guidance will be in the range that we have given of 22 to 24.
8: Uh, so Salim, just a follow-up to this, uh, uh, you had around 8,000 people getting added. From what I uh, heard, if I heard it correctly, there were 10,000 freshers onboarded this quarter. Uh, so essentially the hiring seems to be largely freshers and they'll possibly take some time in terms of becoming productive. So do you think near term, the hiring will be much more skewed towards lateral to to, to fulfill the demand that we are seeing?
3: Yeah, so the, by 8,000, while you're seeing the figure of uh, freshers of 10,000, I think there's a big lateral uh, hiring as well. And the attrition, of course, is a way lateral pressures won't right? excite. So in that sense, we have a very strong engine. Uh, the first one is, of course, pressures. That's after that followed by laterals, and then in a in a way, in the case the top up in a way is the uh, subcon. So all the three we've uh, you know uh, accelerated. Like I said, it's very very important to meet demand now, right? That is absolutely critical. Uh, and the good thing is we've not you know let down any of our clients. and we, you know something we talked about earlier that we are seeing strong demand outlook and uh, a lot of clients uh, who we've met as I mentioned. And therefore, it's very important to get that uh, out of the door and then figure out our cost structures, subcons, etc., and due costs. Uh, and uh, I think that's something we're quite comfortable with. We continue to remain a brand of choice for new talent, and uh, that's a very strong proposition which we have.
8: Uh, thanks a
1: lot and all the best.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Keith Backman from Bank of Montreal, please go ahead.
9: Hi, thank you very much. I wanted to ask about the margin guidance for the current fiscal year. If you take the guidance of 22 to 24, I just wondered if you could break down what are the key drivers for the year-over-year decline from what you uh, already reported for FY21. And so i just wondering if you could break that down into the bigger pieces. And what I'm really trying to understand is um, h- how much wage um, inflation is impacting margins uh, guidance for the year versus other factors such as mix and particularly of the ramping of the large new deals. If there's any uh, kind of comments, you could help us understand. And then I have a follow-up question, please.
4: Yeah,
3: Sure. So I think again, uh, like I said, uh, it's important firstly to go back, you know, even before the pandemic into FY20, in a way when we had given this comfort range of 21 to 23, and as we moved into FY21, like I mentioned earlier in the call, we saw a lot of these one-off uh, benefits, uh, right? It, it, uh, it was the discretionary spend, uh, travel came down quite sharply, uh, facilities cost as people started working from home uh marketing uh, some distribution spend like that the deferral of the pay hikes in last year the promotions and therefore although we were at 24.5 we were very clear at starting the guidance at the beginning of the year that this would fall with the headwinds coming up of this year as many of these costs reverted back to normal we would uh, roll out our pay hikes in january and in july both of which factored in and therefore our guidance of 22 to 24 versus the 24.5 was clearly reflective of these headwinds coming up right And I think, uh, you know, more than once we've talked about it. Uh, As we looked ahead, we've factored in both the wage hikes. Uh, Yes, uh, wage is always the number one uh, player in margin. Uh, We don't split out the impact of wage or, you know, deal mixes. But uh, nevertheless, the biggest impact on the margin movement on a year-on-year basis uh, will be on wages. Uh, But uh, despite this, we know we are very comfortable within the 22 to 24%. The levers which we continue to employ, automation is a massive lever uh, in terms of our cost optimization of taking our people from uh, projects and uh, redeploying them. Uh, The on-site offshore mixes. Uh, I think we are very unique in creating an on-site pyramid. Historically, most uh, IT uh, services companies have a very, very steep on-site pyramid. Our our, uh, six uh, hubs in the U.S. uh, nearshore businesses. Uh, I think that helps us build a much more flatter pyramid uh, in a way, it's semi-mimicking what we have in the offshore geographies. Uh, we are going to hire 3,000, we are going to hire the highest pressure town outside of India. Uh, so all these will help us in the future in terms of in, uh, taking some of the, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the wind out of these uh, headwinds which are coming our way.
9: Okay, thank you very much. And my follow-up question, if I could, is uh, similar, as you think about um, the year unfolding um, do you think attrition moves lower from here or stays the same or goes up and similarly as you think about the on-site mix um, has continued to move lower uh, so your offshore mix continues to move higher does, does that how do you think that uh, unfolds through the year does that mix of onshore on-site stay where it is uh, becomes more favorable, or ha- any comments on how attrition and uh, on site offshore mix uh, might move as we look for the balance of the fiscal year? That's it for me. Many thanks.
3: Yeah, so I think uh, on the attrition, like I said, you know, it, I'd rather be in a situation where demand is saving supply than the other way around. Uh, and therefore, that's fundamentally a good news for the industry. And I think it's important to realize that it takes time for the supply chain of the industry to catch up. Fundamentally, the only way new net demand can be, in a way, serviced is through pressure accounts, right? Otherwise, it's a zero sum game. My attrition is somebody else's lateral and somebody else's attrition is my lateral. So fundamentally, the only way this demand can be serviced is through freshers. And as you know, most of the freshers, historically, the college campus freshers are, in a way, contracted six months to a year out. Uh, it is only now that we, as this demand has suddenly surged, that we are looking at new ways of getting pressures on. Uh, in the last call, we had only mentioned we would take 25,000 pressures. We've upped that up to 35,000 pressures and started a completely new parallel pressure hiring program off-campus through which we will service. So I think there will be some gaps, uh, you know, in the short-term gaps in terms of once the supply chain uh, sort of adjusts itself. Uh, but I, like I said, this is good news if, you know, fundamentally there is a this large explosion of demand which you're seeing across. Uh, so in that sense, we are, our job is fundamentally to continue feeding this demand, whether it is through the pressures it's through subcons, or through the laterals. Uh, and uh, we've already hired 8,000 net, despite the uh, attrition, high attrition in the quarter. Uh, the second part of the question was, yeah, on site Yes, perfect. I think again uh, we've seen this massive, you know, change over the last uh, three years. Firstly, you know, it came from 30 for uh, to 27, and within one year, from 27 to 24. Uh, and again, we talked about it earlier in our guidance that we would probably see a little bit of, uh, you know, this easing out as travel, et cetera, opened up. But I think the secular trend definitely is it should continue in the long run. Uh, and you know, a big impact of the COVID has been that clients have been able to see that work can be performed across the globe. Uh, it necessarily doesn't have to be in their own uh, workforce. They've seen it with us. That work doesn't have to necessarily be performed in front of them, you know, on site, uh, on prem. It can be, you know, uh, same time zone, uh, different location, same time zone, near shore. It can be offshore, and I think that's in the long run. I think very, very positive uh, for the outsourcing industry. So we think secularly this should improve, but in the short term there can be these uh, you know, uh, stops and gaps as well. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Cora Plateria from Morgan Stanley.
7: Please go ahead. Hi, congrats on uh, great execution. The first question is on the BFSI. We have seen a very sharp recovery in North America, financial services revenues compared to pre-COVID level, whereas Europe is still uh, just about to recover to the same level. So is it fair to say the entire market share gain is uh, largely concentrated in North America? Why there is a dichotomy? Any color on that will be helpful.
3: Yeah, this is Ravine here. Uh, a big part of the growth has definitely come from uh, North America and uh, primarily in sub-segments like banking, mortgages and uh, wealth and retirement services. Hello. Oh, okay, uh, I thought I'd responded. And yeah. I'm, I'm confirming that most of the growth has been primarily so from. My, uh, my
7: question was why there is a dichotomy between, at, in the performance between Europe and North America.
3: No, I I, I, I think it's mostly to do with uh, maybe uh, lesser demand in uh, some of the. Uh, banking plants in uh, Europe, uh, and in some cases, we have only deals, uh, uh, there is a delay in uh, ramp-up as well. So, I don't think it's a secular trend, uh, because uh, in this space, uh, in the last 68 quarters, we have demonstrated very strong growth consistently, and there have been times when we have seen growth led by the uh, US uh, side of the equation, and there have been times when we have seen uh, much stronger growth in Europe and uh, Asia perfect. Uh, so, I don't think, uh, I mean, it's not a secular trend. Uh, I, we are not seeing any specific softness or uh, anything with any specific plants in Europe. It is more a question of uh, delayed ramp ups and uh, things like that.
7: Okay. Second question is on margins. Uh, what really are the drivers that can take you to the upper end of the guidance for the full year? Uh, what would be those two or three key factors? Is it growth coming towards the upper end of the guidance? Uh, Is the digital growing, continuing to grow at uh, uh, this kind of a rate? Just trying to understand what are the variables which can take you to the upper end of the guidance. Thank you.
3: So I I think we give an overall guidance uh, of 22 to 24 and not what is going to be the quartile of that. Uh, And we remain quite content uh, to operate within this. Uh, You know, our levers are quite well-known. We've mentioned about uh, automation, the mix, uh, the pyramids, uh sub-con, you know, operating leverage, we have seen a lot of benefit of operating leverage over the last uh, year itself uh, on our bottom line. So there remain multiple levers. And like I said, uh, you know, for us, it's uh, uh, the, to stay within that, uh, we're quite confident uh, without giving any you know, quartile targets, et cetera.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Ankur Vidra from JP Morgan. Please go ahead.
7: Thank you, and congrats on a good start of the year. Uh, on the first question, do you think, looking at the demand environment, that you'd want to be a bit more flexible on where your margins land, and how you're optimizing for growth and investments compared to the plans you had at the start
3: of the year? anku uh, this is Salil, thanks uh, for the question. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure I fully f- follow it, but just to uh, uh, first respond, then we can clarify. Uh, we, um, the way the, the demand environment is shaping up, uh, uh, which I, I know you, you see very well, uh, is extremely strong. Uh, and our approach is to make sure that the uh, capability sets we've built uh, are uh, available to our clients to help them with their digital programs and their automation programs. Uh, within that, we uh, at this stage are not trying to fine tune Uh, what part will go uh, more or less. We we see that demand as a holistic picture and we are driving to make sure that we work with our clients in doing that. Uh, What what is uh, clear, as Minanjan shared a little bit earlier, is uh, that we have uh, several levers in the operations toolkit, if you can call it that, uh, which we are deploying uh, so that each of the streams of work, uh, wherever they start from, uh, are then further optimized. Uh, and that gives us the confidence because of those levers uh, that we will land uh, fairly well, uh, uh, fairly clearly within the margin band. Uh, but that's the, the approach that, that we have in place today.
7: Thank you, Salil. I think uh, this, part of my question, which has not been probably completely addressed was... Uh, uh, do you think, for example, the margins came in lower in 1Q versus what you had planned earlier, and hence you are being a bit more flexible And what you said, chasing demand as opposed to optimizing for margin?
3: Oh, no, well, I think um, my, my sense is um, we, we had uh, we had shared over the last year, uh, and uh, I know Nilanjan had also shared um, that many of the actions we took last year were giving us, or many of the outcomes last year were one-time benefits. Uh, for example, on the travel, of course, the on-site offshore mix uh, has, you know, moved much more in a secular way. Uh, the fact that we reduced several other cost line items in May timeframe last year, with a uh, different view to where things were going. Uh, So we didn't think, uh, at least in our minds, uh, that the margin was going to be different. Uh, We started the year also with 22 to 24, uh, even as we closed out the uh, previous year, 24.5, because we could see uh, the salary increase which we had uh, done uh, later than originally planned in January, the second salary increase of July, Uh, all of those were coming up. So in that sense, we are not changing, or, or as you call it, chasing something uh, more because this margin is coming low. Uh, we we had this view of the margin as we started the year. Uh, the uh, demand outlook in, in has actually become stronger. So we feel uh, what we started with 12 to 14, with what we are seeing uh, in the way. These deals are working and there's a lot of activity where clients are coming to us. To give you one example, uh, two weeks ago I was in a client discussion where they want us to uh, expand what we do within that uh, client uh, portfolio. Uh, You know, within this one client, it could be 30-40% expansion. And these are just anecdotal, which uh, add up, and my, my colleagues, all of our sales team, uh, having those sorts of discussions so that gave us the confidence to increase the growth uh, guidance uh, not that we are chasing something more because the margin was lower than what we expected
7: appreciate the color just one follow-up if i can Do um, are you do you think the the uh, supply situation that you're facing in the market which you elaborated on do you think that had any bearing on the signings in the quarter as uh, that's part one and part two is uh, is that having an is the supply situation having an impact on the client conversation, and competitive behavior from a pricing perspective?
3: What we are seeing on the supply situation, again, um, if you look back over the last five or six quarters, and this is something I've heard from many clients, uh, who feel that we have uh, really consistently supported and delivered without any real constraint. Uh, And so we are seeing a benefit of clients saying, look, we'd rather you you scale up uh, with us. Uh, So the supply situation, however we put it, uh, I feel is coming to a benefit to us because we we have, uh, as Praveen has shared in other forum, an incredible brand which attracts talent. Uh, We have an incredible training uh, uh, capability. And all of those things are not short-term things. These you cannot develop over a quarter. That helps us to bring in the talent. That's what clients see. And so, yes, there is a supply constraint because there's a huge demand. But we are still seeing good growth and, in fact, uh, expand, uh, improving our growth guidance.
1: Thank you, Mbashila. Thank
0: you. The next question is from the line of Sandeep Shah from Equinus Security. Please go ahead.
2: Yeah, uh, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, the question is, sorry to again harp on the margin. Uh, just wanted to understand, uh, is it the guidance factoring in some amount of pricing increase maybe in the later part of this financial year or the margin guidance is independent of this? Because if I look at, I have still not come into the numbers. Attrition is going up utilization at all-time high, uh, even the uh, offshoring units at all-time high. So just wanted to understand the guidance is baking in surprising increase or it's independent of the same. And second, just a bookkeeping question, if I look at the unbilled revenue in this quarter on a Q on Q basis has gone up by 12 percentage point, anything to read uh, in the same, though free cash flow generation continues to be us
3: yeah, so I think uh, on the margin side, like I said, you know, there are continuous uh, levers which we have: the pyramid, on-site, offshore pricing, subcon, operating leverage, uh, and I think all of that is built into uh, our models and you know how we look uh, for the quarter and ahead. And in that basis, I think we are quite comfortable in the 22 to 24 uh, range. As some of these box uh, headwinds come as well. So I think uh, that uh, we're quite clear on that. The second question on the uh, unbilled, I think there is uh, some seasonality always, which we see in uh, quarter one uh, uh, always, if you see that. And usually that starts uh, tapering down. So nothing really concerning. And we've seen the overall free cash flow. Our DSO has come down uh, as well. So I think uh, uh, yeah, I think on percentage of revenue, we're same as the year, previous uh, year as well. So that's a good indicator.
2: So, Milan, just a clarification. So, in your guidance uh, on the margin,
3: you are baking in some pricing increase for FY22. Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of things which go. And it's not like, you know, I I know what's going to be the pricing environment you know to the T in the fourth quarter. We know some of the initiatives on pricing. You know, some of them will come through. Some of them won't come through. There will be some new cost pressures. There will be other levers. So, you have to be very, very dynamic and fleet-footed in our industry uh, to continue to manage that. And, you know, you use probabilities of what can work, what won't work, Something, some levers will over deliver, some will under deliver. So all that is factored in as we uh, forecast for the year ahead. Okay, okay. well understood. Thanks and all the best. Thank you.
0: Thank you. The next question is from the line of Dipesh Mehta from MK Global. Please go ahead.
3: Yeah, thanks for the opportunity and congratulations for strong execution. Uh, First question is about the margin related thing. Now Daimler deals, can you quantify what will be the impact of VEGIC and Daimler deal in Q2? Second question is also related to margin, but slight medium term. Now 22 to 24 percentage margin trajectory, which we are confident to defend for this year. But if one want to understand from medium term perspective, do we think considering the digital is now more than half of the revenue and growing very strongly? Plus overall strong demand environment we can again achieve over historical 25 percentage kind of way with
1: thanks
3: on the margin question uh, daimler large deals is all factored in Uh, we don't break out the impact of uh, daimler Uh, we look at cost optimization across projects we look at the various levers we've talked about and uh, that in a way Uh, you know, all built in to our 22 to uh, 24% uh, guidance uh, as well. On the digital, uh, the question was, on digital uh, with respect to, uh, this is Salil, uh, I think your question was, because it's becoming larger, will that uh, give us the opportunity to have a different higher margin? Uh, We certainly uh, see that the digital business Uh, is at a higher margin than our company average uh, today. Uh, However, the guidance that we are giving uh, is for this financial year uh, for operating margin, which is 22 to 24, Uh, there are many uh, levers as uh, the London share. And of course, there are uh, several areas uh, which uh, increase the cost uh, as well. Uh, All of those will balance out. And uh, at the end of this year, we will provide the view for the following year but we don't have any particular view on that different number at this stage
1: okay thank you
0: thank you ladies and gentlemen that was the last question for today i now hand the conference over to the management for closing comments
3: Uh, Thank you. This is Salim. So first, thank you everyone for joining us for this session. I wanted to reiterate just a couple of points. One, on the demand side, we see a good environment uh, and with all of the uh, points we've discussed and uh, the uh, way we see the market, we've increased our growth guidance uh, uh, from 12 to 14, to 14 to 16 percent for this year. Uh, On the margin, We have a set of levers which we have deployed and are continuing to deploy across the board, whether it's the mix, whether it's the utilization, whether it's the subcontractor usage, whether it's the overall role mix and pyramid, uh, whether it's now more value and pricing uh, on demand uh, for for higher uh, demand skills. Uh, Plus, uh, there are some uh, factors which relate to uh, employee costs and some of the travel coming back. When we mix all of that together, we have confidence that we will be in the margin guidance of 22 to 24. We will continue to drive the business in that direction, keeping in mind our clients, employees, and shareholders. We look forward to a very exciting and successful year, and thank you again for joining us. look forward to connecting with you
1: again. Have a good day.
0: Thank you very much, members of the management. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Infosys, that concludes this conference call. Thank you for joining us, and you may now disconnect your lines.